Hello and welcome to another episode of the Visual Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Whistler, and in this one, is China stealing tech from Europe? This was originally a YouTube video that was published on our YouTube channel, Visual Politic, and it was originally published on the 16th of April, 2019. Still as relevant today, uh, well, as of me recording this intro, as it was when we published it. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to be jumping in throughout the episode, as always, filling in any details that were sort of reliant on the visual form so you can understand it as well here on this podcast. And let's get into it. Meng Wangzhao, Vice President of Huawei. The Canadian police arrested her at the end of 2018. Her lawyers gave a preview of some of the arguments they'll be making once her extradition hearing begins. The main reason was because of alleged violations of America's sanctions on Iran. But there is more to the story than this. The Trump administration believes China is using their technology to spy on American citizens. But is this just Donald Trump's obsession, or are there legitimate reasons to be scared? of China. 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 I have to have my China. China. China because China. 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 You see, whenever we speak about the military, we always talk about air and sea and land. Nowadays, though, we should add another field. Technology, chips, cameras, drones, all of these kinds of innovations have revolutionized modern warfare. As we told you in our previous videos, China is facing an existential threat, and therefore it needs to expand the military. This is why they created what has been called the String of Pearls strategy. This is a set of ports that can double as military bases that would go from the South China Sea to Africa. And in another video, we told you about what we like to call sugar daddy diplomacy. But still, there is something important that China is missing for their military expansion, and that's technology. And catching up with the West in this field, it's not easy. And again, Xi Jinping is showing his lateral thinking on this issue. How is he doing that? Well, that is what we are going to tell you in this video. China, a country famous for making cheap copies of anything that you can imagine, like these copyright-violating Lapin bricks with the Star Winners logo on them. I, is that how you pronounce it? Who really knows? But make no mistake, China's technological prowess goes way beyond that. In 2015, China's government unveiled Made in China 2025, a 10-year plan to update the state's manufacturing base by rapidly developing 10 high-tech industries. Chief among these are electric cars and other new energy vehicles, next-generation information technology and telecommunications, and last but certainly not least, advanced robotics and artificial intelligence. These sectors are central to the so-called fourth industrial revolution, which is the new buzzword to use when you want to look smarter. Soon, there won't be a single talk show or political debate that isn't talking about it. So pay attention. The fourth industrial revolution refers to the integration of big data and cloud computing into global manufacturing supply chains. From the South China Morning Post. Made in China 2025. 
Is Beijing's plan for high-tech dominance as big a threat as the West thinks it is? The plan is to reduce dependence on foreign technology. Yeah, it is true. Most of the mobile phones you can buy are assembled in China, but the majority of the high-tech components, the cameras, the high-end microchips, all of that is made in countries like America, Germany, or Japan. So far, China doesn't have the technology to produce these components itself. And that's why this desire to become a tech superpower is part of the so-called Chinese dream. The Chinese dream is closely linked to the dreams of people in other countries. China's development is facilitated by the development of the world, and it will bring about the greater impetus and opportunities for the common progress of all countries. President Xi Jinping October 22nd, 2015. And now China is trying to make another Silicon Valley. The city of Nanjing, for example, is currently developing a research park to foster China's next generation of tech giants. We're talking about an area as big as Seattle, housing dozens of high-profile startups and companies. And that's just one big city. It's worth noting that this comes with the support of the Chinese government. And this support comes with heavy regulations. Businesses must meet certain criteria in order to qualify for tax relief and other support. And there's even more here. Besides providing subsidies and setting targets, how does China intend to achieve its goals? By investing or directly buying American and European startups. Chinese companies, both private and state-backed, have been encouraged to invest in foreign companies in order to gain access to advanced technology. In 2016 alone, the value of Chinese acquisitions in the United States amounted to over $45 billion. And the same goes for Europe. All right, so I can probably guess what you're now thinking. I mean, so what? I mean, what exactly is the problem if China wants to invest in other countries? Well, the problem is that many of those investments might be a strategy to steal technology from Europe and America. And I'm really not making this up. If you want an example, here it is. You probably know Oreo cookies. Well, that sweet cream they have in the middle is so pearly white because they use a special chemical component. It's something based on titanium dioxide that requires rocket science in order to produce. The patent to produce this belongs to a company called DuPont, and it's as secret about it as Coca-Cola is about their formula. So one day, a Chinese spy, Walter Liu, he stole this formula. Years later, a Chinese factory was mass-producing this white tint. And this is just one example. Of course, in the Oreo case, the patent holders could act and file a lawsuit against the spies. But what would happen if, instead of being a spy, this Walter Liu guy had been the main shareholder of the company? In this case, he would have had access to the company's secrets without any problems. And I know what you're thinking, well, who cares about cookies? Well, cookies, you're right, they're not important. But what if, instead of white cream, we were talking about military technology? Then we could have a bit of a problem. And believe me, China would love to get military secrets from European and American companies. And you might be wondering, is this as bad as some politicians are making it out to be? Or is this just another chapter in the ongoing trade war with China? Well, today we're going to answer all of these questions. But before we do, let's take a look back at the history. More money and even more deals. When it comes to investing in technology, Americans already have a huge funding market. Want to create a startup? Just in California, you're going to find loads of VC funds competing to make you the best deal. The European Union, however, is more of virgin territory. And this is why the European Union became the favorite destination for Chinese investors. According to several studies published by the Mercator Institute for Chinese Studies, the Foreign Direct Investment, or FDI, in the EU totaled more than $35 
billion euros in 2016, with a 77% increase from the previous year. And Germany, they were the largest recipient, accounting for 31% of all of that money. From The Economist. Chinese investment in Europe is increasing. The region accounted for a quarter of China's FDI outflows in 2017. Chinese investors have always showed a strong predilection for tech and advanced manufacturing assets. Some of the big deals made were the acquisition of a German robotics company for 4.4 billion euros and the 6.7 billion euro acquisition of the Finnish gaming firm Supercell. And those are just the bigger ones. Just think about what 35 billion euros can really do. In the last couple of years, China began refocusing on the big three European economies. Germany, the UK, and France. Those three together accounted for 59% of their total investment. And look, I, I know right now I'm throwing a lot of numbers your way, but it's very important in order to understand the magnitude of this phenomenon. One day, if you're bored, you can go check out China Investment Tracker. This is a database launched in order to track and cover China's global investment. The database tracks China's global outbound investments since 2005, and it's now hosted by the American Enterprise Institute. The dataset is publicly available and also includes construction contracts and transactions that were never completed. From Bloomberg. How China is buying its way into Europe. Bloomberg got to work and provided us with some pretty intense numbers. Just in the past 10 years, China has bought or invested in assets amounting to at least $318 billion. Most of this money went to businesses, but some also went to infrastructure. Just in the city of London, Chinese investors purchased a dozen office towers. Knowing who is buying all of these businesses and buildings in Europe is important in order to try and understand how this kind of activity fits into China's foreign policy. Keeping in mind that the line between state and private is pretty blurry in China, it's worth noting that at least 63% of the total investments come from state-backed companies or investment funds. In other words, it is China's government that is investing in technological firms. Now the question comes to why. Is this all about making money, or maybe there's something more here? Well, that's what we're going to look into right now. Don't touch my tech. Even though Silicon Valley comes to mind whenever someone talks about tech, we shouldn't overlook European tech giants. Spotify, for example, is the most valuable streaming service on the planet. The company has been valued at around $16 billion. And where does Spotify come from? Well, that would be Sweden. But we're not here to talk about civil technology. We're here to talk about military technology. And here, Europe's got a lot to offer. For example, one of the biggest weapon manufacturers in the world is the Airbus Group. The corporation has headquarters in France and the Netherlands. They design, manufacture, and sell civil and military aerospace products worldwide. In 2017, had a reported revenue of 67 billion euros. Military tech is a very sensitive strategic topic, and it's usually kept very well hidden. But if you invest in a company, you can access their databases and their secrets. At the end of the day, you're one of the owners. And this is exactly what happened to Hummer. The American army has been using them for decades. In the year 2008, the company who manufactured them, a subsidiary of General Motors, was at the edge of collapse. And this is when a Chinese company, they came to the rescue. In their first negotiations, they asked for a couple of years so they could examine the cars. I mean, that would be pretty normal. I mean, you don't invest half a billion dollars in a company without knowing exactly what they do. So Hummer gave them those cars. Then the White House, with Obama as president, vetoed the Chinese acquisition. Why? Well, they simply 
simply didn't want to sell a military company to another country. Nevertheless, those Chinese investors had already gotten what they wanted. They had the cars. So, well, what did they do with them? Well, they reverse-engineered them. They basically took all of the pieces apart and learned how to build their own Hummers from scratch. Since then, these are the Chinese Army's brand new armored cars. Yep, they look almost exactly the same as the American Hummers. And this is just one example. There are many, many more. So in Europe, well, they learn the lesson and they're determined not to repeat the same mistakes. From the diplomats. Is Europe finally pushing back on Chinese investments? And that's why Europe's three major powers, Germany, France, and the UK, have all recently taken steps to closely scrutinize Chinese investments. And they have reasons to be afraid. For example, Germany produces some state-of-the-art tanks, the so-called Leopards. Well, according to many experts, the new Chinese tanks have identical motors. This is why Germany recently vetoed the Chinese attempt to invest $2 billion in robotics in their country, citing national security concerns. The government is also working on a proposal that would strengthen governmental vetting of acquisitions by foreigners. And the same is happening in France. French lawmakers passed legislation as early as 2003 that also allows the government to scrutinize and veto foreign investments. Since then, they have added more regulations for companies in the big data, artificial intelligence, and robotics industries. France is open to long-term investment from China, but not looting. French finance minister Bruno Le Marie. As you know, anytime France and Germany agree on something, it's just a matter of time before the European Union follows suit. From Shepard Mullen. The agreed package will ensure that the EU and its member states are equipped to protect their, quote, essential interests, while remaining, quote, one of the most open investment regimes, end quote, in the world. And this is where the complicated part starts, because the line that separates those essential interests and the not-so-special is extremely blurry. You see, we can all agree that a company that manufactures tanks is a weapon manufacturer and that we want to protect it. There's no debate about that. But what happens with the company that produces the microchip that controls the computers on board the tank. I mean, that might be a company that works with a lot of people, not just ones with military interests. In fact, Airbus itself has a civil division and they produce commercial airliners. question comes around to, well, should we protect that as well? In other words, those essential interests can become a Trojan horse for all kinds of protectionist and arguably financially xenophobic measures. And believe me, the risk on this matter is also very real. From The Telegraph. Emmanuel Macron promises to stop foreign investors buying up French farms after China land grab. Yep, you heard that right. How on earth is farming related to the military? It's pretty hard to understand, right? But the truth is, French farmers, they just don't like the Chinese. And Macron, well, he's got elections to win in the future. And the same goes for the United Kingdom. For example, in the year 2016, the British government vetoed a Chinese investment in a nuclear power plant. Was that a strategic decision or was it just straightforward protectionism? Well, it's pretty hard to tell. And I know, I know, I, many of you might be thinking right now, I the Chinese, right? Well, the truth is, we need that money. Remember that story about Hummer? Well, guess what happened right after the White House vetoed that Chinese acquisition? From the New York Times. 
General Motors to close Hummer after sale fails. From one day to the next, almost 3,000 people lost their jobs. And what about those 35 billion euros for European startups? On a previous Visual Politics video, we told you the story behind Silicon Valley and how Europe was able to attract venture capital funds. It's a fact. Brussels, Berlin, and Paris are going crazy trying to find entrepreneurs. Europe wants to lead the so-called fourth industrial revolution. But you don't do that with grants and subsidies alone. You need venture capitalists and private investors of all kinds. And a big share of this money it's coming from China. In fact, you remember Meng Huangzhou, the Huawei vice president? Well, don't forget that just in Europe alone, more than 11,000 people are working for this company. So now the question comes to you. Which is more important, economic growth and innovation or national security? Is there a way to protect both things at the same time? So I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. This was originally a video that aired on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to get stuff right up to date as it comes out, please do search Visual Politic. That's politic with a K, one word, in YouTube, and you will catch all of our videos. Also, if you like this, please do consider leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We really do appreciate it. And as always, I'll see you next time.